Hi guys, welcome to Pain and Power, an African American history podcast. I'm your host, Queen. Today we will be talking about Fred Hampton, y'all. American activist, J. Edgar Hoover had a Jones in his bones for everyone that would have changed the trajectory of African-Americans culture-wise, politically, personally, spiritually, and thoughtfully. Jealousy and fear, my opinion. The world will blow up before they let black people shine in peace. You hear me? (laughs) But no, though, I was just saying that anybody that was making a difference for African-American people, black people, people of color, Back in those times, um, what, the late 50s, early 60s, 70s, like anybody that could have made a difference for black people that was making a difference as far as culture, politics, you know, spiritually, it is us as people, you know, it just wasn't going to be good for them. Anyway, J. Edgar Hoover, he was just trying to destroy everybody because y'all go notice, if y'all notice every. At almost every story that I do, J. Edgar Hoover's name is going to come up in it, you guys. Yeah, I say everyone in the world share the same flaws and vices, but it's only shameful when it comes to African Americans. Wow, right? The way the government could destroy an individual is, I'm speechless. I have no words. And Fred Hampton's story... It brings tears to my eyes every time I think about it, every time I hear about it, every time I talk about it. Like from the deeper betrayal, like the ultimate, you know, the ultimate rat. Yes, I said that. Like, because it's like, forget about having a job to do. When you come into an organization like that and you see that is nothing but good being done brother to brother, you could still like betray somebody in that way. That man crossed and infiltrated the Black Panther Party. Fred Hampton was the leader. Um, Okay, the man, okay, (laughs) you guys, let me start from the beginning. Let me just start from the beginning. Um, But I was speaking on the man, William O'Neill, the guy that infiltrated the Black Panther Party. I just didn't understand how he can just get so close in the organization and just didn't have no loyalty and no allegiance. And he said that, and he was a hunted individual. You will see later in the story, like his actions are compared to those of Judas, um, you know, the kiss of death, identifying Jesus Christ with a kiss. He took the kiss of death so I can be the last done. That's that Master P. I said that I wasn't going to get on here and start singing and all them antics that I be doing on my other podcast, um, Love or Obsession. I, you know, pain and power is serious business, okay? Um, so there's a lot of documentaries telling Fred Hampton's story. It's a movie called Judas and the Black Messiah. Fred Hampton Jr. keeps his father's memory alive. Um, in the show notes, I'll link some articles talking about Hampton House, a landmark home in honor of Fred Hampton. Um, okay, and let's start from the beginning, you guys. Fred Hampton was born in Summit, Illinois, August 30th, 1948. 
to his parents, Francis and Ibera Hampton. He was the youngest child, and it was said that his mother babysat Emmett Till when he was, you know, alive. Like, they knew Emmett Till's family. And Emmett Till's death really, like, hurt them in a, in a, in a strong, different kind of way because they knew that family, like his mom used to babysit him. Um, after a decade of staying in Summit, Illinois, the family moved to Maywood, Illinois. Um, Summit and Maywood are suburbs of Chicago. I want to say West Suburbs. Um, just taking a guess. You guys can look it up. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, okay? You know, his parents migrated from Louisiana. They both worked hard and they were factory workers. Fred was an honor student and he was good and he was a good athlete as well. Um, he was more than good. He had dreams of playing center field for the New York Yankees. Um, insert Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. In New York. Okay, I said I wasn't going to get on here and start singing, but yeah, insert that song, Empire State of Man. Okay, Fred Hampton was, he was empathetic and he despised injustice at a young age. At the age of 10, he started hosting weekend breakfasts for the neighborhood children. He even cooked the meals himself. Um, and that was the very beginning of his free breakfast program initiative sponsored by the Black Panther Party. Um, in high school, he led walkouts protesting the exclusion of Black students being able to compete for homecoming king and queen, calling the officials to hire more Black teachers and administrators. And administrators. Um, it's a perfect example. Don't just, you know, be dis disturbing the peace, you know, disturb the peace for a cause and offer a solution. Don't don't just come with a complaint, you know. Even FBI agents referred to Fred Hampton as some type of messiah because he was going to save some folks, you know. Well, he already have because his legacy lives on. That's one thing when, when you know, the government or society try to destroy people that's great and stuff. Like, you can't destroy somebody whose legacy is going to live on because the good that you do, the things that you do, that speaks for you. That speaks better than anything that you can ever say, you know, you, and the way you make people feel, you know. Um, but he already saved some folks, you know. His legacy lives on. He made difference in many, many lives now in the past moving forward. The numbers would have been outstanding, though, if only they would have let that man be because he was 21 years old when he was assassinated. I say assassinated. Let's say murdered. I don't want to say I, I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. When I say that, if y'all know want to know what I'm talking about, y'all got to go back and look at my YouTube channel, check out some of my old YouTube videos, and y'all see what I'm talking about. So, you know, get in tune. Okay, Fred Hampton, he graduated from Proviso East um, High School uh, with honors and varsity letters and a Junior Achievement Award, and that was in 1966. That was the year that my mother was born. Um, the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense was formed in 1966, also by a pair of Black college students in Oakland, California, Huey Newton and Bobby Seale. Um they were military, they wore military style berets and raised the fist um, salute 
um as the power to the people you know that that's what i should have named this podcast instead of pain and power like power to the people you know um like the names i was stumbling on it was it was a few names i was trying to come up with and i landed on pain and power it's actually another podcast out there called pain and power shout out to them i haven't listened i just noticed it when i started to publish pain and power and african-american history podcast hosted by queen okay um that was a bunch of names i was stumbling though but the black panthers they preached black empowerment and armed resistance to racist violence including at the hands of the police okay fred enrolled at trident junior college and he studied pre-law he wanted to become more familiar with the legal system to use it as a defense against the police um 1966 fred turned 18 years old and he was active in the national association for the advancement of colored people the naacp remember i talked about the naacp and web du bois in last week's episode marcus garvey's um part two um i think i mentioned him in part one also but guys remember your You'll probably hear about the NAACP in almost every Pain and Power episode as well, because even now they're very instrumental and, in, you know, the advancement of color people. Um, so um, Hampton took on responsibility of the NAACP West Suburban Branch Youth Council. Fred displayed natural leadership abilities from a young age. The youth group he led was 500 members strong, like, wow. He um, protested and worked hard for more and better recreational facilities that were in the neighborhood. He also worked to improve educational resources for the Maywood community at that time. Fred was attracted to the Black Panther approach. Um, so November 1968, Fred Hampton joined the Black Panther Party and he moved to Chicago, um, downtown area, like a little west. One of him, one of the many successes that Fred achieved in Chicago was the non-aggression pact among Chicago's most powerful street gangs, emphasizing that racial and ethnic conflict among gangs will only keep everyone broken and provished. Okay, um, <clears throat> Fred aimed to use, Fred's aim was to form an anti-racist, class-conscious, multiracial alliance, um, and he did form an alliance with a gang member, Jose Chacha Jimenez. Um, he was a gang leader, and with this alliance with Fred, the Rainbow Coalition was formed, um, and that was like a uh, well, I want to say precursor to the Rainbow Push Coalition because it seemed like a lot of Fred ideas and initiatives were taken on and taken over by individuals that that was keen of his ideas and thought that he was on some onto something. But unfortunately, he lost his life at an early age. I guess that's what Kanye meant in his song when he said, "We wasn't supposed to make it past 25, but jokes on you, we still alive." Because everybody that was real great back then was losing their life at an early age. You know, it's really sad, you guys. Um, but yeah, 
With this alliance with Jose Chacha Menez, um, Fred Hampton started the Rainbow Coalition. Um, peaceful protests led by the two would end in arrest and with the charge of mob action. So whenever they went on a peaceful protest, it'd always end with end up with them being arrested and they would be charged with mob action. When in actuality, the protests always get turned up, you know, when authorities get involved um with all fred hampton's ideas and initiatives like i said it's like he inspired and made them feel threatened at the same time and i'm talking about the government he inspired them and threatened made them feel threatened at the same time so j edgar hoover was quoted saying that the black panther party was the greatest threat to the internal security of the country like why (laughs) why because um they preach black power i'm confused i don't know um so the groups that preach white power aren't a threat that's a question okay to the masses in the government the investment of colored people was such a threat that the fbi schemed and started a project called cointel pro and that was a counterintelligence program short okay short for counterintelligence program and that program came with orders to disrupt misdirect and otherwise neutralize the Black Panther Party movements. And the program, and this program not only targeted Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers, but other civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X as well. So that goes to show y'all, anybody that was all for the advancement of colored people had to be shut down and neutralized, okay? And that's crazy neutralized wow okay so throughout the pain and power seasons you guys pay attention to how often j edgar hoover name come up you know in the demise of a lot of great african-american leaders um the rainbow coalition fred hampton form was based on common action um some joint issues we all faced were poverty anti-racism corruption, police brutality, and substandard housing. Um, The groups would show up to support each other. Fred Hampton rose quickly in the ranks of the Black Panther Party. He was charismatic, organized, and he was a great public speaker. Um, As leader of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panthers, he organized weekly rallies. He participated in strikes, and he worked closely with the community clinics. He taught political education classes every morning at 6 a.m., and he launched a project for community supervision of the police. And Fred was also very instrumental in the Black Panther Party's free breakfast program, something that he was doing since he was 10 years of age, like, this man, you was a bad, 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 bad boy, Fred Hampton. You was a bad boy, okay? Like, if only it was more of you out here. It is, you know, but people just got to really step up and step forward, okay? Um, Fred, had Fred Hampton not been killed by the police, he would have been, became the Black Panther Party Central Committee Chief of Staff. Um, the FBI believed Fred Hampton's leadership, talent, and love for his community was a threat to them. J. J. Edgar Hoover was convinced that the coalition Fred Hampton was forming gracefully was a stepping stone to the rise of a revolution that could cause a change in the U.S. government. The FBI opened a file on Fred Hampton in 1967. 
he was 19 years old and he was a leader of leaders. Okay. Um, the FBI tapped his mother phone a year later in 1968, and he was placed on the FBI's agitators index as a key militant leader. And that's a shame. Um, mislabor that in mislabeling of an individual, Fred Hampton was a peaceful man. If you watch any of his speeches, his demeanor, his attitude, his vibe, all peaceful, peaceful protests and peaceful solutions. Um, peace and education is what he wanted for his people, black people, colored people. And it wasn't it wasn't ill will with Caucasian Americans. He just wanted his people to rise up and no, and no one should feel threatened about an individual wanting better for themselves. Okay. So in late 1968, William O'Neill was recruited, a criminal that was arrested twice for interstate car theft and impersonating a federal officer. Have you guys had paid attention to a video I posted on my Instagram channel? If anybody check out my Instagram page, um, I was talking about an experience when I was pulled over by a police officer and he just followed me for such a long time and then decided to pull me over in such a dark, isolated place on the side of the, the road. And I'm like, you know, people impersonate police officers all the time. Like, I'm not even sure if this was something safe. But anyway, I took the video down, but it was so funny that I went through that and I'm telling this story about William O'Neill. He was um, arrested for car theft and impersonating a federal officer. People do it all the time, you guys, so be aware of your surroundings. In exchange for having his felony charges dropped and receiving a monthly stipend, William O'Neill agreed to infiltrate the Black Panther Party as a counterintelligence operative. Um, and I bet they made him feel important like he was one of them, like he was an agent or some shit. Boy, you wasn't shit, but a, a spy and a snitch, okay? Um, O'Neill joined the party and rose quickly in the organization. He became director of chapter, he became director of chapter security and Fred Hampton's bodyguard, okay? I can't even imagine such a traitor watching my back, but it happens. Um, it's scary when someone has it out for you so bad that they won't stop unless they destroy you completely. Um, it's, it's some people out there too so you can't need to watch who you offend because some people won't stop until they totally annihilate you okay a 1969 report from a special agent investigation reported that the black panthers primarily were feeding feeding breakfast to children so they had an agent now a special agent spying on the black panthers and when it was time to report back to the higher up they're like okay what do you got for us he said they only just feed and breakfast to children. And so J. Edgar Hoover responded to the special agent, basically saying that the success of the agent working with the FBI was contingent on the agent supplying evidence to support Hoover's view that the Black Panther Party was a violence-prone organization seeking to overthrow the government by revolutionary means. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. That was, in fact, defamation of character and cause, if you ask me, because the Black Panther Party wasn't thinking about the damn government. Really, though, they were just trying to protect themselves and them people from street violence and police violence on a day-to-day -day basis. We didn't even get a, they didn't even get a chance to even reach to the government. And the government just seen them doing good in the hood and say, uh-uh, let me shut this shit down. Okay, so Hoover was so militant in his cause, along with William O'Neill, that they destroyed alliances and bonds created with other street organizations. So everything that Fred Hampton was working towards to bring peace in the streets, William O'Neill and J. Edgar Hoover was just shutting it down from turn to turn. The FBI annihilated 
excuse me, the FBI alienated or tried to, you know, they tried the white, they tried to alienate the white activists from the Black Panther Party also by releasing racist cartoons in the Black Panther's name. Um, so they all the the support that they was getting from Caucasian Americans, Jagger Hoover wanted to shut that down too. Um, ultimately, Hoover and the FBI wanted to destroy everything Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party stood for and to eradicate his to eradicate and to serve the people, um, to eradicate his serve the people program. That's what I was trying to say, because that's what J. Edgar Hoover, quote unquote, referred to what Fred Hampton was trying to do with his free breakfast program and everything he was trying to do to move pe black people in a forward direction. His serve the people program, that's what he referred to it as. So at 4.45 a.m., a heavily armed police team arrived at 2337 West Monroe Street and apartment that Fred rented with his pregnant woman. The apartment was close to the Black Panther Party headquarters. A layout of the apartment was provided by William O'Neill, who served as Fred Hampton security at the time. The apartment was stormed. Mark Clark, a security member of the Panther Party, was sleeping with his shotgun in his lap. He instantly, you know, got fired up by the police. And by him being shot, that shotgun fell to the floor and shot and misfired. And that misfire was the only shot that came from the Black Panther side of the shooting. And it was 99 shots that shot towards them from the police. Um, and so um, that firing squad shot over 99 times in that apartment while a pregnant woman was in a room, mind you. So this is how the story goes. Fred Hampton was drugged by barbiturates and he was sleeping and he wouldn't budge when his woman tried to wake him up. Um, she was dragged out of bed and Fred was initially shot in the shoulder and was unconscious, but he was shot twice in the head, playing bank range. Um, and his death shook the nation and it was December 4th, 1969. And that was the day that Jay-Z was born December 4th. I'm not sure about the year. Um, and his funeral was attended by over 5,000 people. As with all stories, Fred Hampton did so much. Um, he was only 21 years old when his life was taken. Imagine all the greatness that could have been. It's crazy because all the monster movies, no one did business with, you know, excuse me, niggas um, slash black people because of drugs, doing drugs, selling drugs to your people. But honorable men like Fred Hampton get destroyed no matter the cause. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because like Malcolm X, Fred Hampton and other black nationalists, like that's like, cool, you don't want to deal with us. You know, we build over here. But it's like damn if you do, damn if you don't. Because what I'm trying to say is how in other monster movies, they didn't want to do business with black people or niggas because they did drugs, sold drugs to their people, and they didn't do business in an honorable way like um, like they did, and which was, um, what was their main form? If I think of a monster, I think extortion. That's what I think they main form of business being. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm trying to prove a point. And so when it came to men like 
Fred Hampton who wanted to get things done in a peaceful way. I say, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't, because they wasn't looking for white support. They just saying, okay, we go build over here. You don't want to accept me. I'm going to build over here. And then once you start to build over here, they want to come over there and destroy what you got going over there too. So that's what I was saying. Damn, if you do, damn, if you don't. Pictures can be found on Instagram at Pain Power Podcast. Please send all messages and suggestions to Pain Power Podcast at gmail.com. I will be back next week with another story. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's Queen. I love you guys. Peace out.